Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Alex Gerritz from Hegemonic Project Games, producer of Hegemony, Lead Your Class to Victory, a two-to-four player asymmetric board game that simulates the economy and politics of an entire nation. Alex, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing? Thank you for having me, James. I'm doing very good. Thank you. Now, I got the name. I didn't mess it up. Wow. I actually, it's Hegemony. Yeah. Uh, we had this talk just before yes, we went on air. Time. I've been saying yeah. hegemony for, I think, my entire life. So uh, my brain was having trouble just getting to the right pronunciation. But thank you for <laughs> educating me on that. Um, Alex, I'd start sure. off. I'll, I'll mention, I know that we had told people that uh, Varnaras was going to be on uh, the podcast as well. He's come down with a cold. Yes. Uh, he's coughing like crazy. So we all agreed that it'd probably be best uh, for the listeners. Yes. <laughs> we didn't have a guest coughing right. nonstop into the uh, into the mic. So you're going to have to champion on behalf of the entire team. First, can you yes. tell me, um, so hegemony, what is hegemony? Like as a definition, what does this term mean? Right. I mean, uh, that's the the most uh, the, the question that gets also quite often overlooked because people like we encountered people so far that even thought that's just a fancy word we just choose out of the blue yeah. but actually the word itself the meaning of of the word or the concept behind the uh, behind the term has a lot to do with the game itself i mean hegemony in its initial um, uh, initial concept meant just um, that domination of one uh, ancient Greek city-state over another that was like hegemony as a concept and then over many hundred years like the concept adapted changed it started to become it, it started to mean also like some kind of dominance some countries have over other countries in an international system and then at one point one theorist got the idea to actually apply the concept of hegemony also on a nation not just yeah. in an international framework but in a national framework and he started to realize or he proposed the idea that maybe there are many different social forces inside of a country which also fight for hegemony, therefore like some sort of ideological victory. Forces which try to make the other social forces believe that their path they choose for this nation is truly the best one. And I mean, that's where it also links with the game because we have four social groups which fight for exactly this in the game, um, fight for their own ideology and try to uh, convince the other players through different means so, that this is truly the best way to go. So hegemony, before we get to the game, just like, cause I want to kind of yes. lock in on this concept yes. a little bit. So it's, it's this yes. kind of the social construct where it's, it's basically influence, right? It's, it's one group controlling others, uh, through inf- uh, influence. Yes. I, I literally just came across this this past week. My daughter is actually doing a project in school, uh, where they're talking about here in Canada and, uh, you know, the indigenous population and how they've mm-hmm. been, um, marginalized quite frankly for hundreds of years right. and uh assimilated into the um into european culture and a lot of really uh, atrocities right that happened in the country here and right. uh, you know this term social hegemony came out or uh hegemony i guess is the, is the term um so it's, right. it's kind of funny that i had this uh this podcast come up with you guys while at the same time uh talking with uh, yeah. my kids about uh, a social project in her uh, sociology course which is kind of cool your yes. team is yes. very large and it's full of a lot of educators. Can you kind of talk to me about like who's on the team? Who are all these people? Like there's a lot of profs on this list, right? right? Like, 
Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, the profs were mostly there for the academic underlying of the game because, of course, we wanted to make a game that was fun, first and foremost, but we wanted to make a game as some sort of educational project. And for that, we needed professors which know this sphere we were trying to make a project on. Um, actually, Varnavas Timoteo, the founder, who's like unfortunately not here today because of the cold, he himself also studied uh, international politics and global political economy in his master's uh, global political economy. Coincidentally, I actually studied the same, not at the same university, completely in a, in a completely different part of the globe. Um, but I think it was like this kind of, we had this academic interest to actually create a project which wouldn't just be fun, but also would manage to educate people. On top of that, we obviously have like some game designers, which make sure that the gameplay is smooth and nice. And like that this whole, all these ideas we have in our mind from the gameplay side, they also kind of uh, can manifest. Um, and other than that, yes, as you said, we also have uh, a team of academics. I mean, we're five, four to five people, basically. Um, my job, I'm supposed to be some kind of standing between the chairs of academia and like gameplay mm -hmm. try to make sure that it all uh, comes together. Other than that, like um, the two game designers are Varnavas Timoteo on the one side and uh, Vangelis Bagliatelis on the other side, uh, who's like uh, the, the board game veteran in our team because he also himself made, I think, quite a lot of board games at this point. So how did um, how did they meet? Like, how did you guys all meet? I guess is what I'm trying to get to. Like, what's the history of, of your team? Right, right. I mean, um, it all started in Varnava's head. Like, he had this vision um, to create a board game about all the stuff he's been learning at university. And then um, first, his vision was to make an educational project that would be fun. And then the second step was that he realized, I think a board game would be the best way to do that because... That way, not just people interact with the with the knowledge or with the topic at hand, but they also interact with each other while doing that, which is quite often. I mean, in the board game community, that's fun, obviously. Um, so a board game was a really good medium to choose. And then he and Vangelis actually met in a, a board game conference. Um, it was some kind of game designers conference, actually. Um, Varnavas only told me once. Uh, I'm myself like the team at, exists for three years already. I'm part for one and a half years. And from that point, actually, all the academics that started to join all had like the similar story like me. Mm -hmm. We all stumbled upon this project completely randomly through like online positions, which were advertised. And all of us had this moment in their academic career where they were like, damn, I wish I could make like a something cool out of this knowledge, maybe something like a board game that would be really nice. Yeah. And that was like the one, one, one moment all of us shared basically, which all led us to this project. Although we're completely different ages. I myself also the youngest uh, team member, um, which also was like quite a fun story. I like uh, Varnavas was actually looking for somebody who's like a bit further in the academic career, which, well, I'm, I'm just 25 now. I don't have a PhD yet. Uh, but it was my uh, strong enthusiasm for the project because I wrote in like two pages full of text, like, oh my God, this is amazing. I need to be part of it. I was always dreaming about like a political economic board game. Um, it was my enthusiasm, which actually uh, managed to convince him. And then I uh, became a part of the team, so to speak. How long were you guys but, working on this? Yeah. Like how long, because this is a very, and we'll get into the game again in a couple moments here, but mm -hmm. it, it's a very big game. Right. 
with a lot of stuff yes. going on and when usually yeah. those are not quick development cycles for games like that it's usually quite some time when did this kind of whole this whole idea germinate like how long ago was that and when did it like when Varnavis uh, connected with uh, Vangelis, uh, like, you know, mm-hmm. Vangelis obviously understands how to do board games and so forth. But at what yeah. at what point did that that process start where Varnavis is like, okay, I, this is, you know, I got this idea of a teaching tool. Maybe I can turn yeah. it into a game. Let me connect with this guy over here and start actually putting pen to paper. How long ago was that? Yeah. I mean, initially the idea arose like three years ago in, in Varnavis' head. Um, so to speak. And then like two and a half years ago, he and Vangelis met. That was like the, the seed that has been planted for like the, the project itself, like in its physical form. Yeah. Um, and since two years, it started to take on rapid, uh, like the pace started to become faster. Well, and one and a half years when I joined in, actually like um, the, the, the game itself was already in its, like the third, fourth prototype of now, like we have a lot of prototypes at this point because we always had to uh, redevelop, rebalance everything. It's an asymmetric game. It's a huge Euro game, as you said. It's mm. it's supposed to be a complete simulation of a nation. So we often had to look what to incorporate, maybe what to throw out because it would make the game too complex. But um, when I joined one and a half years ago, like the, the prototype was already standing. And since then, like the last one and a half years, we have been constantly refining it until we got to the point where we're like, Okay, finally, I think that's that's it. Like um, we hit the sweet spot between all of these uh, mm-hmm. goals and ideas we we had for this game. It's still a fairly fast turnaround, right? Like two and a half years is that's that's quick for a game like this. I'm actually surprised to hear yes. that. Um, and is it your team members are in different countries as well? Is that correct? Yes, yes. I mean, we at this point we have team members from I think like seven countries. Which also was a major part that, um, in, in this uh, fast pace, actually, because all of us hooked on to this project because we immediately felt that it's a passion pro- project. So is it in a digital format then? Like, is it tabletop simulator? Because I got to think when you have all these different people in different countries, print and play or shipping prototypes all around would probably not be that practical. So was yes. TTS kind of the solution for you guys or...? Tabletopia, like, yes, okay. it was Tabletopia, which is, I mean, otherwise it wouldn't have been possible to do that, obviously. And uh, yeah, it actually also different parts of the team only uh, had to interact uh, very intensely over the course of the whole time in Tabletopia, like the other part of the team, like uh, the more the academics, they were there to just provide like the, the theoretical underlying. It was like the job of the other part of the team to really make sure that it works gameplay wise. Got it. So I'm going to share my screen for people that are watching and uh, maybe you can walk us through. You can't see it obviously because this is an overlay, but uh, maybe you can talk to mm-hmm. the game. First of all, I'll just say at the top, you guys have already hit, I'm going to put this in Canadian dollars because it's always larger, uh, 600 and almost $77,000 you guys have hit already, 8,241 backers. Still 13 days to go. That is a very, very strong campaign. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys are looking at that million dollar mark thinking, hmm, you know, are, are we going to hit it? And, you know, it, it's possible, right? You get the hockey stick in the back uh, 48 hours. And uh, certainly there's a lot of good press around this game. I'm seeing a lot of great reviews. Um, pretty um, uh, consistent, quite frankly, across the board when people are talking about how big and, uh, you know, uh, wide spanning this game is yet how cool it is that it, it covers off this topic, right? And how well this engine yeah. kind of works amongst itself. So walk us through the essence of how you play this game. 
okay, the essence is goes as follows. Basically, um, the the big board in the middle of, of it all, that's supposed to be a nation, a contemporary unnamed nation. Uh, it's supposed to be specifically the political sphere of that nation as well as the economy. Um, the political sphere is more like in the upper one third of the board. The economy is in the lower two thirds. And the board obviously is going to be the place where all of the up to four players in the role of four different classes interact with each other. Um, we have the working class, the middle class, the capitalist class, and the state. Obviously, um, as I think it already implies that the game is very asymmetric. Obviously, all the classes have completely different goals. Um, the, the working class um, and the capitalist class play against each other in a two-player game. In a three-player game, the middle class joins. In a four-player game, the state joins. However, the state is usually also present in two- and three-player games as some kind of simulation. Mm. Um, while now we are also actually working on Automas mm. to make sure that, well, you can play everything in any type of constellation. So will there be like a one-player version then uh, where you could technically have an Autonoma deck for the other three, the other three classes or...? Yes, yes. Uh, we're going to have so far autom automas for the uh, working class, the middle class, and uh, the capitalist class. So you would be able to play as the state in a solo mode. Um, yeah, so that's that's currently where we are with that. Um, and apart from uh, the, the solo mode, like uh, two to four player can interact with each other on this board, all of them Obviously, also have their own small player board where like uh, all the action happens, which is going to bring them big three points. And um, over the course of the game, the players have like completely different ways to interact with each other. Uh, they can focus on the eco economical part of it all, um, where capitalists, for example, can construct their own companies. Uh, working class, the working class can work at these companies. The state also has its own companies, the public sector. And the middle class is uh, also has its companies, but also has its employees, since it's situated in the middle of society. It uh, consists a bit of both business owners, employees alike. Um, so they interact with each other economically, but also politically, because uh, as I mentioned before, in the one third, uh, in the upper one third of the board, there is like the so-called like the parliament, which we have. It consists of seven different policies, and these policies can be changed by the players. And at the same time, these policies have very strong effects for also the economic part of the or for for like the whole nation actually. So just um, so I'm clear on this, because I want to I want to kind of dive into that a little bit. So there's seven different policies yes. that are that are in play at a given time. Yes, they're all um, in play at a given time, and they all vary. Uh, they can have three different configurations. So all of these policies, policy one to five. They can switch from a more socialist stance mm. towards a more neoliberal stance or something in the middle. Policy six and seven from a more nationalist stance to a more global globalist stance. How many iterations is there or how many combinations can can you do of these different policies? I mean, a lot. Uh, a lot. Dozens. Um, yeah. I, yeah, dozens more and more even. Like I have not in all the playthroughs I've done so far. I'm pretty sure I've not seen all the combinations there are, uh, which is also something that creates a lot of replayability value because there's so many different mixtures which have completely different effects. Some of them kind of don't work out 
in the long run. But mm. that's also something that players are supposed to learn. If, for example, that just like a, a very obvious example, if you uh, have very low taxation, nobody pays taxes. At the same time, there's free healthcare, there's free education, uh, there's a huge public sector with like a lot of companies. Uh, that's not going to go well for a long time, and that's something the players at one point are going to realize, because, um, well, I mean, the, we can see that also in real life as well. That's not how it's supposed. That's not how it can work economically. So in this game, you're actually so in you're simulating this nation. So you're you're producing goods, right? For some, I, I guess, you yes, have, you know, factories and so forth. You're producing goods. Mm-hmm. You're setting policies to impact the people, right? Uh, yes. I think I even read somewhere you can even set like the wage rate and things like this. You can decide whether yeah, that's one of the policies. Mm-hmm. You know, wages go up, and then there's taxes, right, to, to help pay for things. And then over top of yes. all that, there you're actually voting, right? So there's like, is there are you actually controlling yes. the government, or you're more controlling the policies of the government? The policies. Okay, uh, it's supposed like the voting takes place for the policies, which the players themselves can also introduce. Yeah, um, and what I also maybe forgot to mention that like the whole thing is uh, car driven as such. Uh, everybody has like a certain eight to be specific, eight action cards on their hand, mm-hmm. And uh, they come with their own class based actions, which other classes obviously can't do because they also can't do it in real life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's also the, the main driver. Some people also have uh, uh, said that we're a worker placement game, but that's not really what, what the game is. Because once you place workers on on certain companies, that's not what triggers the actions. What triggers the actions are your cards on your hands. And if you play them or if you discard them in order to trigger your class-specific basic actions. So, yeah. And then, about that. And then is there been any plans to try to seed this into an academic setting, like even in like secondary schools and so forth? Like, have you guys put any thought around because, I mean, this seems like it could be a pretty good educational tool, right? It could really demonstrate some concepts. Mm-hmm. We'll get into the, the playtime in a second. But, I mean, in, mm-hmm. in a short period of time, you should be able to demonstrate some basic social economic concepts, right, to students. You know, I'm thinking even in high school. Is this something you guys have looked at as part of your kind of rollout plan? Or? I mean, that's something we definitely would love to make happen. I mean, we still due to that, I mean, the game arose out of academia somehow, or there was like a big part of academia involved, and we're still having, uh, therefore, also very strong links to academia. Yeah. So this uh, this kind of idea is still very much there. I mean, I'm for myself, since I'm a student, I'm sure I'm going to do it in my university as well, because that's something that would, uh, my the, the students um, which studied global political economy with me, they would love that for sure. Um, and other than that, we were also contacted by some teachers which said that they would love to do that with their students, Yeah, which I think is absolutely amazing. So uh, let's hope that we can continue in that direction. I, I would love that. I mean, first I was thinking, okay, it's a more heavy Euro game. Um, I don't know if that's uh, something that so many people would be interested in. But then again, I thought that before the Kickstarter, I was not even expecting this kind of resonance. <laughs> All of us were not expecting that. So yeah. I think... Um, we should look at more ways to bring it to the people, especially to students. Yeah, it seems, I mean, it, it's a beefy game. There's no There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, and from yeah. what I'm hearing is the, you're looking at like 45 minutes per player, right? Playtime. Mm-hmm. 
So this is yes. easily two, three hour game, right? Even maybe even a four hour game if you have uh, four players. So yes. it's a kind of game that you're probably going to play with other people that are interested in these kinds of concepts. Uh, if you're playing with your, your gaming group of using it as mm -hmm. a teaching tool, I think it's really cool how you're seeing the, um, the give and take of policies, right? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think sometimes in our school systems, you know, the, especially in the high schools, they'll talk about, and I know we just recently had an election here in Canada. And so it always, every time there's an election, then, you know, the, edu you know, the high schools will try to educate the students on here's the topics that are being discussed. Here's why these topics are being discussed. Mm -hmm. But it's almost missing that layer that this game gets to, which is you can't do everything, right? And mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. it's it's picking and choosing the ones that kind of keep the engine going, right? And, um, you know, being mm -hmm. able to actually to, to, to simulate that, I think, is something that's probably pretty powerful for yeah. um, for anybody playing. Yeah. And it's really cool that actually the community picked this idea up very fast. And they also started to think into that direction. So like in our BGG, we also have some threads going on where there were some conversations or in the Kickstarter in the comments uh, where people were thinking about how to apply this game into a larger setting, like into a class setting in, in the best case of like 20 to 30 people. Mm -hmm. Some other people have to mention ideas like just split them up in groups and like five students play one class, which also makes it less beefy. Mm. If like... Each player would be responsible for uh, each. Each student would be responsible for one certain mechanism or like a few of them. Um, so that would be super cool. It's amazing that like the community picks it off very fast. I mean, even three days after uh, after the release, mm -hmm. uh, after our launch in Kickstarter, we had the first TTS, you know, unofficial TTS mod. Where I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's that's insane. When did you find the time to do that? Like, it's crazy. And then you first so, yeah. with a cease and desist. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a, um, can you talk about the expansion? There's like a mini expansion. I'm pretty sure I saw on your page here somewhere. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, until, until this point, we basically already have three mini expansions. Um, but two of them are like less intense than the third one. Mm -hmm. Um, the first mini expansion, which also was a stretch goal and, uh, well, the backers managed to unlock that very fast, much faster than we anticipated. Um, the first uh, one is called Hidden Agendas, which gives each class, as the name implies already, like a specific secret mission, which lets them generate more victory points, which, well, is, is uh, uh, nice for them to have. Um, the second one is, that's where, like, actually, the, the second one's more intense in the terms of, it's like a so-called so crisis deck. Um, when, there's, uh, when the state defaults in the game, usually the IMF, the International Mon Monetary Fund, intervenes and changes the game up completely for everybody, yeah. just like it is in real life. Um, I mean, then it comes and says, okay, if the state can't pay uh, its its debts anymore, we're going to completely restructure the state financially and we're going to set the rules, which then happens in the game. Um, but we also thought about that it would be really cool to make it even more realistic if we show all the different ways that could happen, all the different things that can happen when a state defaults on his debt. Um, so we implemented like an, a crisis deck, which when the state defaults, um, one card gets opened and then we can see maybe it's not necessarily a successful uh, IMF intervention. Maybe it's like a partly successful one. Maybe it's even like a failed one. Maybe it's one that would lead to revolution, like the last drop, which lets the barrel spill. Um, 
and all these kind of things, which which can happen. Maybe like the state chooses like uh, to follow some real life precedents, like the EU or the US or Japan, uh, stuff like that, just for the players to bring in more flavor in that crisis period, if they wish to do that, to implement that into the core game. On the mini expansion, you're saying that there's different um, add-ons and is there ever a situation where you will set up scenarios? So you'll say, you know, 1945, here, here's how basically what the structure of uh, the, the country was, you know, set all these settings in these places, now go. Like, will there ever be a situation like that? Yeah, short answer, yes. Um, that's the third mini expansion we have. That's the historical events mode, which does exactly what you just said. Um, so the players are going to, instead of, so far we have five rounds in the game and each round is like four to 10 years uh, in the in the normal, in the base game, yeah. uh, four to 10 years. So obviously the players play through a contemporary nation, but we also have this history mode where then each player uh, will play one round is going to be one era, one historical era, which also going to lead to completely different historical events. Each era is going to be a different event. The eras are like around 100 years, give or take. Um, and then exactly what you just said, the players are going to be able to experience uh, the effects, the socioeconomic effects of all sorts of different historical events onto the board. And yeah, we're going to throw them into, like that's that's going to be like the push into the water. Like that's how the nation looks like now. That's what just happened. Mm -hmm. Now go, as you as you just said. So yeah, we're really excited about that one as well. Uh, super cool. Uh, I think it was Alex uh, Radcliffe from Board Game Co. that was um, talking about rounds and how if you want to reduce your play time, you can do less rounds or more rounds. How does that come into play? Um, I mean, it's absolutely realistic to do that based on what I just said. Uh, since like each round is supposed to be like four to ten years, yeah. I mean, the players are also free to decide, okay, we just played 20 years of the nation, let's say, and not 50 years. And let's just stop here. And that's like the state of things as they are right now mm -hmm. to this moment. Um, it's fair enough if people want to like just experience some kind of introductions, like get like a very soft introduction into the whole concept, because obviously like five rounds are going to take more time with 45 minutes per player. Um, but I think the best experience is definitely going to arise when the players play the full five rounds, because since it's asymmetric, Obviously, everybody has completely different strategies, completely different ways to get victory points. After five rounds, like each class really had the chance to completely shine, depending on the play style, obviously, maybe yeah. not. Uh, but yeah. No, that's cool. So for a Kickstarter that's hit these kind of numbers, uh, can you talk to some of the marketing or some of the things that you have done as a team to try to get the word out on this? Like, has it been social media ads or just a lot of kind of pre-marketing or what kind of got got you to where you are right now? Obviously, other than having a great game. Yes, uh, I mean, it was a lot of social media advertising for sure. Um, we also uh, went into the direction that we realized that since the game itself is political, maybe it's going to be a board game, which is not just interesting to the board game community, but also interesting to people interested in politics and economics. Uh, so obviously, since I was also like, um, I myself was uh, on Reddit quite often uh, on some kind of political threats, uh, which were like a very interesting uh, platform for discussions. Usually mm -hmm. that's where I also got the idea, hey, let's just talk about the game I'm working on right now. It was not even like supposed to be promotional, but usually this kind of, uh, when I opened the thread and just talked about it, this led to 
a huge positive resonance because obviously it, in, a, in a political uh, context, it's important. It's very interesting for people to get this idea of like a nation simulation, even if you don't have any history with board games or any um, any kind of affinity. But maybe that changed for a few of these people, which would be also very cool, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. I do want to give a shout out to uh, MLB Vanguard, who is the licensing agent that uh, connected uh, you to me. Uh, it uh, again. Um, uh, Michael uh, has been uh, just awesome uh, helping us uh, connect some guests here. So I want to give him a shout out for sure. Uh, great for group. Sure. And uh, also, is if so if somebody wants to follow along, you guys still got 13 days to go, but it sounds like from an academic standpoint, um, there's going to be a lot of dialogue around this game, right? And, and as you go from now to when this game actually um, is finally kind of shipped and, and, and published, I'm sure there's going to be some more add-ons and more adjustments you guys are going to do along the way. How do people best follow that journey? Um, I mean, we're definitely going to be still super active on our Kickstarter page. Obviously, even after the campaign uh, ended, we're going to keep everybody updated about like the whole the timeline we have so far mm -hmm. for the next year. Then like the product should be already on the way to you. Um, but due to the um, difficult times we're living in right now, things can happen who knows what so like we're obviously going to keep everybody informed uh, on our uh, kickstarter updates other than that we're also trying to be as active as possible on our social media accounts uh, be it on facebook at um, hegemony the game we also have our own facebook group we also have plans for a discord server so um, for the for have... the facebook group so how do people find that what's it called it's called hegemony the game is that the name of the facebook group hegemony leads your class to victory the board game. Yes, that's like the full title. <laughs> that's a long usually... title, my friend. <laughs> true, true. But usually it should it. also be enough to just uh, to just follow the Facebook page, yeah. Hegemony, uh, lead your class to victory, because I usually just uh, invite everybody into that group who's also interesting, yeah. interested in getting like more close to the, to the project. That's cool. It sounds like the kind of... Um you know, social media group where, where there's going to be a lot of dialogue, right? Where people, these are the kind of things that people like to talk about, right? And I think yes, the challenge yes. becomes, how do you talk about the political process without talking mm -hmm. about politics? Because politics can be very polarizing <laughs> yeah. and dividing and, yes, and yes. Uh, you know, can literally turn families and friends against each other. Yes, and, yes. you know, what I always seek out is finding ways to how can you have a discussion, kind of pull yourself out of the parties and this kind of thing and talk about mm -hmm. just the infrastructure and, and the system itself. And uh, it sounds mm -hmm. like a game like this could help with that, right? Cause you're not talking about parties. You're not talking, you're just talking about the system, the infrastructure and, and how different social classes mm -hmm. interact, mm -hmm. which I think is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, Alex, mm -hmm. I just want to wish you all the best you and your team on this, uh, this campaign. Uh, you guys are absolutely crushing it. You're doing fantastic. You must be very, very proud of what you've achieved so far. Yes. If anybody yes. wants to check out this campaign hegemony i'm gonna say hegemony but hegemony uh i'll put the link in the show notes uh both on the youtube video as well as our audio podcast if people want to go check it out please do uh the page is amazing artwork is fantastic the videos are great uh if you're into you know social issues and uh and even the political system you would probably love this game so once again alex thanks again for coming on the podcast eh? you take care thank you Cheers. thank you for having me